600 brought to you by Covers.com. My name is Joe Fortenball. This is the big one, ladies and gentlemen. Episode 171, your Super Bowl 53 preview. Thank you so much for your time and your continued support. It is greatly appreciated. If you haven't checked it out already, episode 170 dropped on Thursday. That is our Super Bowl prop betting spectacular. Myself and 17 of my absolute favorite guys in the sports betting world dropping our favorite props for Super Bowl 53. That's where you can find all of that. Today's episode is a bit of a departure from what we normally do. The focus here is usually on conversations with Vegas-based sports betting guys, but I wanted to try something different for the Super Bowl. Matt Bowen is a seven-year NFL veteran. He played safety for the Rams, Packers, Redskins, and Bills. He's at ESPN now on NFL matchup with Sal Palantonio and Greg Cosell. Studies as much tape as anyone in the business. One of the brightest schematic X's and O's game planning minds around. Good friend of mine going way back, like 10 years. He's going to come on in just a few minutes, and we're going to have a conversation about the matchup. Forget about the gambling. Just listen to the matchup. He's going to lay out schemes. He's going to lay out X factors. And as you're hearing this, it's going to help guide you in the direction of certain players and certain situations you should be considering for your prop betting, as well as betting the side and the total. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to try to use Matt's expertise, having played the game and having studied the game on a relentless basis. And we're going to apply that to our sports betting. But before we bring Matt on, it's time to make our official selection for Super Bowl 53. Entering the final game of the year, our record is 44, 32, and 2. Teasers went 11, 8, and 1 on the season. Now, our three to four favorite props were laid out in episode 170. So this right here is about the side and the total. Let's begin with the side. I played Rams plus three when it was available. And if it surfaces again, I would highly advise that's where you go. We're not playing jerseys. We're not playing players. We're not playing coaches. Think of it like this. And I had a conversation with Ace Corrales about this recently as well. Going into the championship round weekend, if you asked anybody who the best of the remaining four teams was, you would probably get the answer, the New Orleans Saints, right? Where the Patriots fell on that list, maybe fourth in the eyes of many, to be honest. The Chiefs were favored. The Saints were favored. A lot of people felt, myself included, that the Patriot run was coming to an end. At least this season's run coming to an end at Arrowhead. So let's walk through this. You've got the number one seed that's remaining, at least in the eyes of Vegas, with Super Bowl odds. The Saints laying three points at home to the Rams. One of the most hostile environments in the NFL. Now, you've got the Rams playing on a neutral field, having beaten the best team remaining in the playoffs, going up against what was viewed as arguably the worst of the four remaining teams, and they're still catching three or two and a half points? That is value. And that right there is why I'm siding with the Rams. I think they have the better overall offense. I think they have the better overall defense. And I'm going to give them a very slight edge when it comes to special teams because they have versatility at punter, and they've got a long range with Greg Zerline at kicker. Granite, Belichick, Brady, they've proven themselves over the years. You can't count them out. But if we're making a pick in this game, and it's not one that I absolutely love, I am going to take the Rams 
plus the points. I am going to take the Rams on the money line. I like the Rams to win this game. Regarding the total, again, because we're here, we're going to make the pick. Not something I love, but I think you're going to get a slower first half than many anticipate. I think it'll be higher scoring in the second half, but it will not reach 57 or above. I'm going to play the under. But for those of you listening to this before kickoff, public money is going to come in. The public does not like to bet against scoring. Good chance this over-under goes up a point or two, and we can find more value come Sunday. So the official picks for the Sharp 600, Super Bowl 53, the Rams plus three, the Rams plus two and a half, the Rams on the money line, and under 57 total points. Matt Bowen set to join us in just a second, but the Sharp 600 is brought to you by DraftKings. Our good friends at DraftKings, of course, covers very excited to partner with DraftKings, who's offering a free bet up to $500 when you make your first wager. All you have to do is go to DraftKings.com slash 500-free-bet. DraftKings.com slash 500-free-bet. The link is included in the bio of this podcast. Take advantage of the amazing offer. Act quickly. This promotion won't be around for long. Eligibility and restrictions apply. See website for details. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for my good friend, Matt Bowen. We all know each other here, and we're like friends, so if nobody complains, do you have a problem? It's all right. No problem. He's a seven-year NFL veteran safety who you can check out now as a terrific analyst at ESPN. He appears alongside Sal Palantonio and Greg Cosell on the always awesome NFL matchup show. Matt Bowen joining us here on the Sharp 600. Guy, thanks for your time. How's Atlanta treating you? It's good. Got here this morning. Uh, it's a little wild, man. I'll be honest. I got, I'm looking outside the hotel room right now. I got Ferris wheels downtown. You know, Puma's coming to town tomorrow, so I'll eat up all the hot dogs in Atlanta. It's going uh, <laughs> to be interesting when he gets to town. He was. Uh, he appeared on the podcast earlier in the week to lay out his prop projections. Now he went three and zero last year, and he's been mm-hmm. bothering me for two weeks about coming on. And I finally told him your window is going to be Thursday between uh, ten thirty and eleven thirty. And immediately it was a problem because of the Chicago weather. He was actually going to change his flight just to make sure he could do the do the podcast hit. We we, we were able to fit him in though. We were able to fit him in. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, that guy is something, man. But I'll tell you what, man, it's cool. The weather's good down here. Uh, I mean, there's just tons of people, you know, the weekend, Super Bowl weekend starting. Um, I'm excited for the game. I think it's going to be a good football game. I know a lot of people wanted to see Patrick Mahomes. I understand that Drew Brees. I mean, this is a really good matchup. And it's two really different teams in terms of their style. And really, New England, what they've become over the course of the season, I don't think anyone could have predicted what they would do, especially from an offensive perspective. You know, they're so run-heavy right now in their game plan. You know, you look at the AFC Championship game, what Brady did, especially in overtime, throwing the ball in those third-down situations. But their core, their offense right now, is kind of old-school, Joe. It's too bad personnel. You know, you and I have watched football for a long time together. We haven't seen that for a while in the NFL. It's been predominantly three wide receiver personnel, more spread sets because of what you're seeing at the high school level and the college level, New England's kind of turned back the clock a little bit. And I think they've done that because it fits their personnel so well. All right, so what's Wade Phillips do to counteract that? He's got a team that likes to play aggressive. He had a lot of success against Bill Belichick and Tom Brady ever since he became the defensive coordinator in Denver. Three matchups against New England since that time. He has held them to less than 20 points per game on average. So how does he attack Brady? How does 
Brady attack Wade Phillips? Well, I think I, I'll tell you this. I went back to the 2015 kick. Uh, I think there was AFC Championship Denver, New England, when Wade Phillips was the defense coordinator there. Now, granted, Denver was loaded that year. Von Miller, what uh, they had in the interior defense line, especially in the second year. They played a lot of man coverage. They played some quarters. They'll play some too deep uh, with man underneath to take away one side of the field, and they'll bring pressure. But I really think this comes down to what his defensive line has done, Joe, really his front seven throughout the playoffs. You know, during the regular season, uh, Los Angeles was one of the worst teams at defending the run, average per rush. But then towards the end of the season, when they got to lead back and they started doing some different things up front, stemming late, moving guys late, you look at what they did in the playoffs, Joe, they held the Dallas Cowboys and the New Orleans Saints a total of 98 yards rushing. Okay, and I think with Zeke Elliott, it was 20 carries, about 47 yards. Then they shut down Kamara and Ingram in the NFC Championship game. They're dominating up, up front right now. I think it, everyone understands what Aaron Donald could do. We all know that. And if you watch the film, he will freelance a little bit. I mean, by freelancing, he will shoot a backside gap because he can. Not many people can, but he can. He's so quick off the football that he can get vertical up the field. But really, I think the key to this has been Adamican Sue. I think he's playing his best football in years over the last month of the season, and especially during the playoffs. He's holding the point against double teams. He's winning off the ball. He's showing how athletic he really is for a man that size. And he's really controlling the interior of that defensive line. That's why you see guys like Dante Fowler making plays. The linebackers, Corey Littleton, Mark Barron, are now able to run free to the football. And someone asked me the other day, what's the one matchup you're looking for in this game? I said it's Patriots run offense against the Rams defensive front set. Because they're going to be in base personnel a lot because of what we just talked about. The Patriots are going to be in 21 or two back personnel. I really think that's where the game's going to turn, either positive or negative for one side or the other. But what they expect, Wade Phillips wants to get Tom Brady in the three wide receiver personnel and to play his coverage because to lead back, that is a much different secondary. All right, so if you're Belichick and Brady, how are you going to account for Sue and Donald? Essentially, when you lay out the key to the game or one of the keys being the Patriots' run offense versus the Rams' run defense, who has the edge there? Well, I think what they're going to do, Joe, is they're going to trap them. Uh, they're going to, we, at matchup, we call it a wham scheme, and it's really with Gronkowski. You know, what Gronkowski has done in the playoffs has been great because everyone looks at the plays he made at the end of the Chiefs game. I understand that. Those are big-time plays. But he's one of the best run-blocking tight ends in the NFL this year. And you could tell on film. You know, Gronkowski, it doesn't move like he used to. Everyone can see that on film. He doesn't separate as much as a pass game target. Yeah, he's still more physical, and he can use that frame at the point of attack to box guys out. But really, his influence on this game, I think, starts with the run game and what he can do. What a wham scheme is, is where you let the nose tackle, which is Sue, you let him free. You have the center climb up to the linebacker, and then you trap him from the outside in with Gronkowski. That's a way to neutralize and then take advantage of his aggressive style. A lot of screen and a lot of draw. That's what you do against aggressive defensive fronts. Invite them to rush up the field and use the draw scheme or kick the ball outside of James White in a screen package. Um, but the first thing I would do if I was Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels on the offensive side of the ball is to trap those defensive linemen and try to pop a run up the middle. A lot of people have been talking very favorably about Rob Gronkowski and exactly what you've been saying, how important he's been in the blocking game over the last two playoff matchups. Do you see him playing a significant role in the passing game here? Obviously, the Rams are going to want to account for him, but 
Some people feel this might be the last game for Gronk before retirement. Right. Maybe he digs down deep. How do you see him affecting the passing game? Well, they'll do what they always do in the passing game with New England. It's with Gronkowski, especially now. What he did in the NFC and the AFC Championship at the end of the game when they flex him out wide and remove him from the formation. That's what they do to get a one-on-one. And that'll be interesting, Joe, if they do that early in the game. See who the best thing about that is who's going to walk out there with him. Is it Marcus Joyner, who's got great cover skills, but, you know, you put Gronk on Marcus Joyner, that's a, a size advantage at the point of attack for Gronkowski. I think you might see Tlaib on him. You know, if you think to the past, what this is what Bill Belichick did with Tlaib when he was with New England. He would use him against tight ends that would flex outside, and that might be something we'll see early in the football game that Tlaib could walk out there and play man coverage against him to try to eliminate that quick fade route and the quick slant inside. That's what Gronk's going to run when he gets out wide. But I really think his impact, Joe, to answer your question, middle of the field off play action. We're going to talk about it on the matchup show this weekend. I mean, that, that's where Tom Brady's at his best. That's where New Orleans at their best because of who they are and how much they run the football, whether it's two-back or one-back personnel. They're going to pull a guard. And when you pull a guard, that tells a linebacker, oh, here comes a run. I better, I better attack downhill. And that opens up the middle of the field for Gronkowski and especially Edelman to run those crossing routes. And when you throw a crossing route in the NFL, it's 15 yards every time. If you break a tackle, now it's 25 yards. So I think that early in the football game, if Gronk is going to have that impact, his receiver is going to be flexed out wide, run the uh, fade and the slant, or inside the numbers on those play-action routes, which allow him to run the crossing route in the seam. All right, follow me on this one. Um, I am convinced that the NFL is not going to want Monday morning to be dominated by narratives revolving around the officials. I think most people would agree with that. And if you go back to last year's game between the Eagles and the Patriots, they let him play. They let him get physical. They weren't trying to throw too many flags. They weren't trying to make it a ref show. They let the guys have at it. And I'm thinking, if that's the case here, if you let them get physical, maybe there's an advantage for the Rams. And why I think that is – I've watched two games now of the Patriots in the playoffs, just death by a million paper cuts. Brady working, the stick routes, hitting Gronk for mm-hmm. five, hitting Edelman for eight, just seven and a half minute drives methodically moving down the field. If the corners can play physical for the Rams, I'm thinking they get up closer, they get more physical. Brady ranked 13th in yards per attempt this year. Is he going to take enough shots down the field to keep that defense honest with the safeties, or do you see them creeping down to a point where maybe later in the game that sets up Cordell Patterson for a big play? Well, I think they're going to have to creep down early, Joe, because we've seen this story so many times before. If you sit in zone cover against Brady, then he does exactly what you just said. He's going to throw five-yard routes. He's going to take them every time, whether it's Edelman sitting down uh, in the middle of the field, Gronkowski, like you said, running a stick out. James White's the flat. He has no problem throwing those. He has no problem. And he'll do it for four quarters. He doesn't care. Because he'll take what you give him. That's what the Patriots do. They always adapt to what you're doing on the defensive side of the ball. And you say, okay, you want to take the way a deep throw? We'll throw it underneath. You want to play zone? We will light up the middle of the field and underneath routes until you play man coverage. I think they're going to have to play man, more man coverage than they have in the past. And to challenge those receivers and especially Gronk off the line of scrimmage. But flip it to New England. Because if you look at the New England secondary, what they did against Kansas City, when, again, they were letting them play a little bit. They're going to be grabbing in coverage. They just are. You know, you think about this, Joe. <laughs> what Los Angeles has, they have the pass rushers, and, and obviously Aaron Donald. Sue can create pressure. Dante Fowler can create pressure. Michael Brockers can create pressure. Those are four first-round defensive linemen. That's what they have up front. 
New England doesn't have that. They don't. They don't have an elite pass rusher. They don't have a guy that can consistently win one-on-one pass rush. Now, Trey Flowers is a good player. He's physical. He can get home at times. But what they do is they run a lot of stunts up front, and they'll give you a five-man, like a five-across look. And they'll use their two linebackers, Dante Hightower and Kyle Van Noy, kind of as their matchup weapons in those twist stunts. And they'll pick inside and wrap those linebackers around. But the key to that is what they're doing in the secondary because they're going to grab. They're going to be physical. They're going to be aggressive. They're going to challenge you every time, whether it's off the football or at the top of the stem when you go to break at the top of the route. They're going to be there. And that's what they wanted. That's how they engineer pressure. I saw some numbers that were very interesting. During the playoffs, we track a number called pressure rate. At the same time, the quarterback is sacked, he's hit, or he's under duress. And through two playoff games, the Patriots' pressure rate is 44%. That's a huge number. And their blitz rate during the playoffs is 27%. That means they're blitzing at 27% of their defensive snaps. I think they're going to go after golf. I think they're going to pressure them. I think they're going to be ultra-aggressive. And what they do on top of that, Joe, is they take that free safety, whether it's McCourty or another safety, and they use him as their double guy. And they'll call it zero-double. So they'll send five or six up front, and they'll use that off safety. In my opinion, they're going to double Cooks or they're going to double Robert Woods. And the flip side of that is, okay, if we double Cooks, then we take Stephon Gilmore, we put him on Robert Woods, and he has to win because he has no help. But that's how aggressive they are. And if, if they let him play, I think you're going to see it from both sides, Joe. I think you're going to see both secondaries go after these receivers because you have to. You can't sit back in zone against Tom Brady. You sit in zone against Jared Goff and Sean McVay. What are they going to do? Again, they're going to run play action. They're going to bring Robert Woods or Brandon Cooks across the field, and that's an explosive play right there. One of the props I like is an over on receiving yards for Josh Reynolds, the third Rams wide mm-hmm. receiver, because of exactly what you laid out. So could you see Reynolds being an X factor in this game? He could, and I actually wrote that this week. I had to come up with four X factors and a piece of my Super Bowl proof for ESPN, and Josh Reynolds was one of the guys I put in there. Because you saw in the NFC Championship that he can make plays. And they will scheme up opportunities for him. The wheel route he caught in the NFC Championship was a huge play, and that was a schemed-up play to get a matched-up versus a linebacker in zone coverage and get down the field. He could play a vital role in this game because, like we talked about the Patriots, Joe, 21 personnel. The Rams are an 11 personnel, which is one running back, one tight end, three wide receivers, over 90% of their snaps. That's who they are. And what the key with all this is, is for anyone who's watched the Rams throughout the course of the season, we call them condensed formations. Everyone's lined up next to each other. They're all inside the numbers. Okay, and what that does is, is this place, what we were just talking about, that forces the Ringo Patriots now to be excellent in their pre-snap communication, excellent in passing off routes because you get a lot of bunch and stack sets. What that does for a guy like Josh Reynolds, get some free releases off the line of scrimmage. If you get a free release in the NFL and you can separate, and Jared Goff's not going to miss, he doesn't need a huge window. He doesn't need a huge window to make those throws, especially those throws inside the number, which are more high percentage for him. And I agree with you. I think Josh Reynolds could have a very impact impact role in this football game. Outside of Reynolds, you said you mentioned you wrote about three other potential X factors. Who were those guys? What about James White? I think James White has to be in the discussions because what he could do is receiver 87 receptions during the regular season, 19 more in the playoffs, now 15 games against San Diego, San Diego against Los Angeles Chargers because they played a lot of zone coverage. And that's why I brought up zone coverage earlier. If the, if the Rams play zone coverage, then you're going to see James White underneath all game long. 
they'll do different things with them. They get them in the screen package. They'll script matchups for them. They'll clear out one side of the field to have them work against a linebacker. And as we saw in the NFC Championship, Joe, Littleton and Barron had trouble with Alvin Kamara in the first half. And just simple option routes. Another player I have is Dante Fowler. Dante Fowler, because of the run game and what he can do, how he sets the edge and what he's done throughout the playoffs, setting the edge, and also applying pressure. He's got one and a half sacks during the playoffs. And the biggest play he had is when he forced Drew Brees to throw the interception in overtime down at the Superdome. That was pressure from Fowler up the field off a twist. The fourth player I have is, is Stephon Gilmore because of what we just talked about. I think he's going to play a lot of solo coverage by himself. And for that New England game plan to win, he has to win. He has to win those matchups. Because if he doesn't, he's not going to have any safety help. That's where the football is going. What do you make of the Todd Gurley situation? Three weeks ago against Dallas, he's shredding the Cowboys. Two weeks ago Mm -hmm. against the Saints, he has a game where he said he played terrible. Some speculate injury. Some just call it an off day. Uh, Where does he fit into all this? They have to get him rolling. I do. And I agree. It is a unique situation. You never see that with – I mean, Todd Gurley's – some consider him the best running back in the NFL right now, Joe. And he had, I think, a total of five touches in that NFC Championship game. I think a total of five touches. Now, he did score a touchdown in a deep red zone play. But, yeah, I think you got to get him rolling. And that's no disrespect. You know, what C.J. Anderson is doing is pretty cool, man. I mean, C.J. Anderson, he signs with the Chargers, supposed to be the number two to split carries. Some, You know, not split carries, but share some carries with Christian McCaffrey. And he gets cut later in the season. The Rams pick him up and – I mean, the guy hits the hole hard. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Forget about the Raiders. The Raiders had him too. It's you know he That's just couldn't right. fit that team. That's that right. team's so loaded, they just didn't have room for him. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a great story. I mean, it is a great story. That I mean, he's rushed for over three hundred yards uh, with LA, and he can facilitate production in that offense. You can do that with CJ Anderson, but this is Super Bowl. And with Ty Gurley, what he can do, Ty Gurley had 17 explosive runs during the regular season. That's runs over 15 yards or more. He can break plays. He's so important to what they do in their first down play action schemes and what they do with the screen game with him. I think they have to get him rolling. And like we talked about, L.A., you know, if you look at him really deeply in the tape, they're not ultra-complicated. They can run a lot of outside zone with Ty Gurley. But when you give him the lane, he can get vertical up the field and get into the secondary, and that's game-breaking ability right there. I'm interested to see, too, just like you, Joe, because I don't I don't know if it's an injury or, like you said, he just played poorly, and the head coach said, look, we're going to go with C.J. Anderson. He's playing better right now. But on the Super Bowl stage, if I'm Sean McVay, I'm giving the first care of the game to Todd Gurley and trying to get him rolling. Before I let you go, and I know you're going to be talking about this on matchup and everything else, so you don't have to give it away, but any sort of guy towards your prediction, whether who you like in the game, do you see it as high scoring, low scoring? You know, what kind of sense are you getting for how this thing plays out? Uh, well, I'll tell you, we already made our picks for ESPN. I picked the Patriots 31 to 27. Uh, I think this will be point score. I do. Uh, and both of these offenses, even though they're so different in how they approach their game plans right now, they can score points. They can score points. I understand what New England wants to do. I mean, they want to limit possessions for L.A. If you look at the time of possession, average time of possession for New England in the playoffs is over 41 minutes. That's what they want to do. They want to keep Jared Goff off the field, just like they did in the first half against Patrick Mahomes. That was a clinic in how they play defense and how they play offense and how they control tempo. But as you saw in the second half, it's so hard right now in the modern NFL to completely lock down 
opposing offenses, especially championship caliber offense. That's what we saw with the Chiefs in the second half. I think Jared Goff will make enough plays uh, to put his team in position to win. But again, who can win at critical situations in the second half? Who can win red zone? Who can win two minute? Who can win third down? That's going to be the deciding factor for me in this football game, and I think Tom Brady and the Patriots do it. You know, you got this beautiful family. You're coaching high school football. You're on ESPN. You got it all rolling. Is it weird for you to talk about Brady knowing you were the pick right before him in the draft <laughs> way back when? I mean, that's insane. It is. I'm like, <clears throat> you know, my boys love Tom Brady. Um, <laughs> yeah, of course they do. Yeah, so, of course. All I want to do is watch the Patriots. You know, on the Bear, of course. You know, I'm in Chicago, but, you know, it's funny because when I was sitting there watching Tom Brady, and one of my sons would say, well, Dad, didn't you play against him? And I'll say, yeah. And they said, well, why aren't you still playing? <laughs> and I'll say, well, one, I'm 42 years old. Two, it wasn't that good. <laughs> That's part of the deal. Uh, you know, I, I had to survive seven years, try to make a team every year. But, no, it's remarkable what he's doing. I mean, it's amazing. And I think that, you don't see the high level of Brady all the time anymore, you know, consistently like we did four or five years ago. But when it comes down to a situation where his football team needs to make plays, he's the one doing it. And I thought what he did in overtime was so amazing last week in three third and ten situations to find where he needed to go with the football, to read the coverage pre-snap and already know where he's going to football and make the perfect throw. That's why he's the best and maybe the best ever. Seven-year NFL veteran safety. You can check him out as a terrific analyst at ESPN. He writes. He's on TV. Uh, check him out on NFL Matchup with Sal Palantonio and Greg Cosell. You will come away more knowledgeable, no doubt about it. On Twitter, at Matt Bowen 41 Matt Bowen with us here on the Sharp 600. I know you're busy in Atlanta. I really appreciate you carving some time out for me. Try to enjoy yourself down there and Obviously, over under Puma one hour before, you know, he's slurring the words. So, good luck with all oh, that. Easily, easily. <laughs> and, and I can't wait to see what we have for dinner tomorrow night with Puma. That would be awesome, too. <laughs> I'd imagine it's going to be vegan. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Matt. All right, thank you. Episode 171 in the books. It's hard to believe that another football season has reached its conclusion. Ladies and gentlemen, truly, from the bottom of my heart, Thank you for your continued support of this project. It means the world to us. The Sharp 600 brought to you by DraftKings Covers. We are very excited here at Covers to partner with DraftKings. They're offering a free bet of up to $500 when you make your first wager. All you have to do is go to DraftKings.com slash 500 dash free dash bet to take advantage of this offer. Act quickly. The promotion won't be around for long. Eligibility and restrictions apply. See website for details. Go Rams. Go under. Go all the props we laid out in episode 170. Shout out to Matt Bowen for joining us on this installment of the Sharp 600. That dude is nails. Check him out on Twitter at MattBowen41. You will learn. I promise you that. Enjoy the big game this weekend, everybody. It's going to be a good one. Be well and best of luck.